your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I thought it would be prudent to talk about some transactions from around the league, maybe some storylines that I think might be important heading into the season from across the NHL, and uh, some interesting thoughts about what we can expect coming up over the next couple of weeks. And then closing us out, I thought I would talk a little bit about this new cross-checking enforcement and what I hope it means for the rest of the NHL as well as what I think is actually going to happen. But first, let's talk about some transactions. The most notable one for Jets fans is that recently released Sami Niku has now signed with the Montreal Canadiens for one year at around 750000 This career move for Niku is very interesting because you, you go to Montreal and I don't think Niku really fits their particular mold of a defender, right? You've seen the last couple of years where they've signed guys like Sherratt. They're, of course, big fans of Joel Edmondson and then Shea Weber. So there's a lot of really big physical demon, and I don't really think Sami actually plays the same game. I feel like he is more in line with, like, a Victor Mete, except Mete was really good. And Niku's kind of coming from a very different part of his career where he's just not that great. And I think a lot of the stuff that really could have helped him maybe map a trajectory to the NHL has kind of fallen off, right? So the current version of what Niku brings is really below replacement level. I do think that he has genuine puck-moving ability, and he certainly can be an offensive fire spark. I feel like his passing, his skating, his shooting, his vision, all of these things are really good when they're in the offensive zone. But the problem is, half the time he's kind of mired in his own defensive areas, and he struggles with a lot of those responsibilities, especially if his partner isn't good, which was frequently the case before. So, Niku is going to a place that I don't think he's gonna gonna really last all that long. I did see that his AHL salary is like 450000 so either way, he will be making a decent amount of coin. And to that, I say good on him for securing at least a contract with some genuine guaranteed cash. I think that would have been the biggest thing if he wasn't really interested in continuing with the Jets. Do I think Niku will thrive in Montreal? No. I don't think he really fits their system. I think at this stage of his career, it would be very hard for him to rapidly improve. Obviously, I'm very much rooting for him. I'd love for him to be a stud for Montreal. I think he's a great talent and certainly had at one point a lot of potential but unfortunately things just never really worked out Winnipeg kind of held him back a bit and now he's looking for a way back into the league and he really has to prove that he's ready to hit the ground running almost from day one maybe moving to Montreal will revitalize his career but if nothing else I think he'll be really good at the AHL level and I think if if that's all that Montreal gets out of him I feel like that's a very good contract He could be a dominant AHL defender with incredible puck-moving ability, great offensive skills, and all of the tool sets to be a really good promoter, especially on the power play or situations where you have a lot of offensive zone possession. For Niku's sake, I just hope he's happy. I know that this has probably been a rather challenging past several years, especially hoping for a 
spot for the Jets to open up just not really materializing. I don't think Maurice really enjoyed his game. He doesn't play the way that Maurice was kind of hoping. And unfortunately, Winnipeg's system and style don't really favor a lot of really aggressive puck carriers who like to spearhead transition. Winnipeg loves these bigger physical stay-at-home D, but a lot of those guys struggle to do many of the basic things, and in terms of offensive production, most of them are not particularly great at that either. So you are stuck with a little bit of a rock and a hard place, but hopefully Miku gets that fresh start he's been looking for. Maybe Ducharme can be the one to try and unlock his potential. I, I'm still kind of skeptical that it's really going to work out, but against all odds, I hope that it does. Moving on, we've got a couple of interesting contracts, one of them coming from the LA Kings. Cal Peterson has resigned for three years at $15 million. that's $5 million per season. If you're thinking about like the Merzlikens contract, this one for me is a lot better. I think Cal actually has a pretty okay track record of being potentially an NHL starter, and three years for $5 million doesn't really break the bank, right? This is a contract that, you know, worst comes to worst, you have to kind of move him or dump him or, or just demote him, but the term isn't going to be a game breaker. You're not stuck with this contract for like another two or three years. I know that a lot of teams are very concerned about losing a top-end goalie, especially a young goalie that they see as their future netminder. But I don't think Peterson is quite at that level yet. I think he has potential to be really good. I just don't know if LA is quite ready to commit that kind of cash. And I think doing like a three-year show-me deal, that one for me is very fair, right? Let him prove that he is truly the successor too quick, that he can take that spot and run with it. And when he's ready to extend, you're good to go. You have a couple of years to figure things out. You can maybe get some contracts off the book in between then. And then if he turns out to be your franchise goalie, go from there. The other contract that really sticks out is Rasmus Dahlin resigning for three years at $18 million, um, for the Buffalo Sabres. And I don't know if Dahlin is really the kind of player that I would be looking at this contract and getting excited about. It's undeniable that Dahlin has immense offensive talent, but I feel like the rest of his game just never really materialized into something that I think a lot of people would be happy with. Rosmus is, is very much a work in progress, and I think at this stage of his career, he needed to be a lot further along than he is. And I'm not sure if it's it's completely his fault or if it's also the way Buffalo has kind of been playing. And and honestly, Buffalo, for me, a really bad place to develop young prospects. You don't really see a lot of young players succeeding there right now. Anyone who does tends to be like a flash in the pan. I mean, Captain Jack Eichel was just stripped of his captaincy. So if you're looking for a place that's kind of a dumpster fire and really dysfunctional, Buffalo is it. I think from Darlene's perspective, three years at $6 million per season is a nice payday, especially given the past couple of years not really gone according to plan. Um, and if things go really, really wrong, this contract is movable. I don't know if they would actually trade Darlene, but if they're interested in doing so, this contract gives them the flexibility to make them a really hot commodity. It's really a shame that Buffalo has kind of fallen to the point of being frankly an embarrassment to the rest of the league i said on twitter that buffalo being called a clown car show would be insulting the clown car shows because buffalo is just somehow more dysfunctional and at least clown car shows serve their purpose i'm not really sure what the sabers exist to do but whatever is going on with this jack eichel situation it is ugly beyond belief and i think it shows deep down that buffalo is just kind of screwed this team has so many issues inside their front office between the players and the coaching staff I don't know how you're going to work it out, but it's not going to feature their captain down the road. Speaking of Eichel and all that, I thought I would talk a little bit about what I expect to happen around the league over the next couple of weeks. I think that this is a very interesting and sensitive time for a lot of teams. And we'll talk about which players might get extended, who might get traded, and all that in just a little bit. Before we go any further though, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag is your number one stop for all your online betting needs. 
When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are continuing tonight's show, and I thought it would be prudent to talk about some expectations for the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm very curious to know what exactly is going to happen, but I have a, a sneaking suspicion we're going to see a couple of things. For one, Jack Eichel's gone. I think he's getting traded. I don't know where. Um, supposedly, the price to a lot of teams has been relatively consistent, and it sounds like a number of the teams that were interested in him have sort of backed off. I think what really catches my eye about the whole situation is that Eichel's surgery continues to be like a really big sticking point, and it sounds like in whatever trade he's involved in, that whole surgery and having it done his way is like part of the terms of the deal, I guess. I'm not 100% sure. It might be like something from his agent side, but whatever it is, he's not going to be ready by the time this the season starts, right? If he gets surgery, he's going to be out for a good amount of time, at least a few months, maybe a significant chunk of the season. I don't really know. I feel like the recovery they said was like three or four months, maybe at minimum. So he's going to miss a lot of time. And whether it's fair or unfair, I think that there will at least be some part of him that comes off as a bit of a problem child to other teams. I don't know if I really agree with that assessment. I think a lot of teams probably understand that what he's doing and what he's gone through with the Sabres, it's not really on him so much as it is Buffalo. I think the Sabres are seen as a very dysfunctional organization. I mean, if you're following the headlines out of Buffalo and what the local media are saying, they've basically called the Sabres incompetent in so many words, especially about this particular situation. So if you ask me, I think Eichel, he's an interesting gamble. I really like him and I think he's a great player, but it's a weird one, right? You want to trade for him. You want to secure your long-term future of a franchise center, but you're not really sure if he's going to be available anytime soon 
or what his overall situation is going to be like. Will he easily adapt and become your lead player, you know, going on for the next couple of seasons? Is he maybe a step behind after he's had some health issues? I don't really know. We've seen some players like Tarasenko where after they had a, a botched surgery, they just really weren't the same afterwards. And even Tarasenko is struggling to figure out where exactly he fits in. So this situation for me is very much one to watch. But I think where Tarasenko is is a bit on the outs because he's on the older side. Eichel is still a relatively prime-aged captain and somebody that I think a lot of teams would be very interested in. You know, LA is looking for a lead center to one day replace Andre Kopitar. I don't know when Kopitar is actually going to run out of time or, or essentially finish out his career, but, uh, you know, he's not going to be around forever, so I think Eichel was looking for a really good chance to be the next leader of a major team, and LA would be a great option. They also have a boatload of futures, so if they want to chase him, they could totally do it. I don't know if LA will be the exact place he ends up, but I feel like if there's a candidate for a good team to land his services, that's who I'm kind of going with other than like Seattle. I also think that in terms of superstar players, I would imagine that Petrshon and Quinn Hughes will resign. Now, I feel like Petrshon, between the two, is probably the less likely to sign a long-term deal. I think the most likely scenario is both signed for around two to three years, and I think Petrshon especially will probably opt for the shorter term just because it seems like the Canucks are not super eager to extend either long term, which for me is kind of baffling. Quinn Hughes, you know, maybe you could have like a slight argument that you don't want to extend him for like six or seven years. I still would anyways, but Petrshon is really a no-brainer, even with the down season last year. So kind of nuts, right? But of course, teams are businesses. That's what they always frame these uh, situations as. And so I could imagine that there's an argument in their perspective that, you know, both of these guys are going to be very expensive. They have a lot of uh, active wages and salary that they need to deal with. And maybe kicking the can down the road for the problem, especially cap-wise and contract-wise, is an easier time to deal with. I don't know if I really agree with that situation, but I think the way that they've done this, and especially in the players that they've signed for as much as they've signed, unfortunately for them, they're kind of screwed. I don't think that they have a lot of room to either navigate or, or make negotiations, especially deals that are favorable to themselves, but I just don't really know what they're supposed to do or what their plan is, right? It's hard to get a sense of what Benning's front office is thinking right now. I haven't really been impressed with them ever since they've, uh, well, really been in office. I mean, this team frankly underperforms and really isn't where it should be in its rebuild. I know that they've gotten at least some of the dead money off their books. The Jets benefited by getting Nate Schmidt at a cut price, but I mean, the rest of that team, man, you look at the roster and you're thinking to yourself, that's not a squad that's going to make the playoffs all that frequently, right? They're going to need a lot of good fortune in the Pacific to even make the top three, and that's a bad division. I'm curious to know what you're looking at or what you think is going to happen or which events are, are most interesting to you. I'm sure the Eichel trade is one that we're all going to be monitoring because he's one of the biggest players to get traded over the past several years. I personally am very curious. I hope that he goes to a good team that really appreciates him. Uh, but let me know what you think is going to happen at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'd love to talk about what narratives you find the most interesting. In just a little bit, we'll take a look at one of the other big narratives ongoing right now, and that is the NHL's officiating stance on cross-checking and what they hope to do with that. And I'll talk about whether or not I agree with it, whether I think it's really going to be enforced, and what it might mean for the league down the road. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about how great Built Bars are and why they're the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. 
It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some early thoughts on the NHL's discussion about upping their cross-checking penalties and reevaluating the way that they assess these. Now, I think everyone knows that the NHL, in terms of refereeing and, and certainly officiating decisions, has been not great. Penalties often feel very arbitrary. They're heat-of-the-moment kind of decisions, and oftentimes officials have really had a hard time getting them correct. Even with video review, it's been a bit of a mess, so you know the whole process just feels like it needs to be overhauled. And certainly there's a lot of penalties and stuff that they let go, especially during the postseason, that really don't get called you know, or, or should be called and somehow only get called in the regular season because they don't want to impact the flow of the game in the playoffs. Even in the regular season, some of these penalties haven't really been assessed properly, so I can't say that it's only a playoffs issue. It's certainly something that happens in the regular season. But the NHL says it wants to take a much stiffer stance against cross-checking. And I feel like the kind of cross-checking that they're talking about is more specifically stuff that looks like almost boarding penalties and then interference. Now, I feel like the league has really let interference go for many years, and I don't know why cross-checking in particular has come up, because there are a literally countless number of ways that players interfere with each other, and I feel like if you're going to start targeting cross-checking, you need to examine the other parts too. You can't just call one and not the other. Interference as a whole tends to be a really big problem, and it definitely impacts the speed of the game, and honestly the quality of the hockey that we're watching. So I feel like if they get smarter about calling cross-checking, then they need to work on doing interference. But they haven't talked about that yet. It seems like they're just going to experiment with it. I feel like it's going to lead to a lot more penalties and a lot more goals, which for me makes it more exciting. And it also means that teams need to be more disciplined, which for the Jets might be an issue. The Jets love cross-checking, and it's actually super funny. Half of the examples they they showed of what would be considered cross-checks under the new penalty stuff, it's all involving Winnipeg, right? So not super shocking. Do I feel like this is going to be something that lasts? I don't know. I I feel like the league is going to try it. Maybe the players kind of get annoyed by it. A lot of those guys take liberties when they're on the ice, especially dueling in front of their own net or cross-checking guys in the corner. If they suddenly get punished for it, and it's actually a pretty stiff punishment, maybe they'll stop doing it. Some of the cross-checks that we've seen have been very serious, causing potential long-term back injuries, uh, maybe even trauma to your brain. Who knows? I mean, you're getting rocked and, and shaken up a lot, right? It's a very physical contact moment, so... I'm curious to know what this actually does for the league and if it prevents any kind of injury. We don't really see a lot of players talking about the injuries with this, certainly not teams either, but maybe there's stuff that we're not hearing about. I mean, you'd have to imagine that there is. Your pads can only shield so much of the force, but I just don't know how long all of this is going to go on for. I mean, in the past, some of their additional enforcement and and attempted interpretation changes haven't exactly gone according to plan. I hope that this one works out because less interference and cross-checking would be great for the sport. I don't know if we'll see that, but 
it'd be nice. I think the hockey would really improve. Maybe we'd see more of guys like McDavid actually doing what they do best. I don't know. It might hurt the Jets because Winnipeg at times had to do a lot of that sort of sketchy cross-checking stuff. But hey, so did Edmonton, right? Tell me what you think about the NHL's renewed focus on trying to stop cross-checking and interference at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode and get your thoughts. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!